0: Let's prepare our hearts for the the offering. So if the ushers would kindly prepare. Um, recently, I think this week, in the news, it said that Hawaiian Airlines had just become like the 16th straight year, the best on-time airline in the nation. But it was not always that way. I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and back then they were always delayed, always delayed. In fact, Hawaiian Airlines, H-A-L, would stand for Hawaiian Always Late, was always late. But the management decided, okay, we're going we're gonna to fix this. We're going to fix the operations. We're going to change the culture of our employees. And, and sure enough, um, they exceeded their target of just becoming a better on-time airline. They became the best in the nation. So now, if you go to the airport and you run to the gate and you say, where's where's HAL flight 182? The lady going to tell you, HAL, that stands for Hawaiian Already Left. (laughs) So anyway, but in the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we could ask or think. So if you in your mind right now, imagine your best life one year from now, God will outdo that. If you in, in your life right now thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this financial pit that I'm in, God can, is bigger than that. He will exceed your wildest dreams. So this morning as we give, let us pray and believe with expectancy. That our God is able to do exceedingly, immeasurably, and abundantly above anything that we are going through today. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for you are a God of abundance. You are a big God. You are a mighty God. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would take this offering, Lord God, and you would exceed it. That you would multiply it so that many people in Hilo, in this community, in this world would come to know you as lord and savior so father god right now lord give us uh, eyes to hear and ears ears to hear lord and hearts that are open to receive your word this morning we praise you we love you in your precious and holy name we pray amen so our world is getting smaller and smaller and we have problems but always remember this our god is always bigger
1: bigger Everything starts off with what we see and what happens in our heart. And even though we live in a world that seems so big, it really is so small. I mean, when we were growing up, the world seemed so grand that there was no way we could travel the world or, or see certain things. But as time went on, you know, the internet came into play and then we could, you know, read about things around the world. And we could access information that much quicker. And then social media came in. Mobile phones came in. And then we could see around the world through social media anywhere. And even today with like Google Maps or, you know, they have a Google World or Google Earth. You can see the world in that kind of way. So today's generation doesn't see the world as being so big as when my generation grew up. Or like with Jonathan in the 70s and 80s. That the world was so big. We do live in a small world because we have a big God. And sometimes we use that phrase, small world, in the context of, you know how when you meet someone and, they, and then you talk about growing up and they say, no, you, well, you grew up there? Yeah, I grew up same place. No way. Yeah, I know so-and-so. I know this person. No way. That's my mom. That's your mom. Oh, I always used to make trouble to her. Tell your mom I said sorry. Oh, small world, yeah? Like we use that, that phrase, small world, in that kind of context because We really live in a small world. We're so connected today more than ever before. And because we live in a small world, because we live in a society that can connect at any time, we can forget that we serve a big God. We're so consumed with the world that we live in, even though small, that we miss sight on how big God is. God wants to show us the bigger picture. He wants to give us a bigger picture for our life, even the purpose for our life, because for many of us, that's where we may be right now. It's searching for the purpose. Have you ever, have you ever heard someone say this, or maybe you've said this before? I'm like, I just, I just need space. I just need space. I gotta find myself. I gotta find myself. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right there. So no, 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 no. I'm going through some issues. I gotta find myself. And I'm wondering, what, what does that mean? And I think it's, it, just very, it, it may mean that I just need to process some things. Or I just need to figure things out. Because in order for us to find ourselves, the Bible tells us seek God first. In other words, the more we seek God, the more we know God, the more we're going to know about ourselves. Why? Because God sees the bigger picture for our lives. We're starting a new series today called Big God, Small World. And we're going to be talking about the bigger picture. And God sees the bigger picture for our lives. Some time ago when my, our kids were growing up, our oldest is 31. The younger one is going to be 25 this year. So when they were growing up, took them to the movies. We took them to the movies after a long time not going to the movies. So we go to the movies, get the tickets. First of all, the tickets were like, I had to sell my car. Then we went to the concessions. Now, the fav- one of the favorite things I like about the movies is the concession stand. Is the popcorn, the moochie crunch, the Reese's, Peanut- uh, Reese's Pieces, or if you're going to get like a nachos just to start off. You know, you, you got to have all of these different foods to enjoy the moment of the movie that they spent $350 million to make. So I go to the concessions. I get my children something, Heidi something, and we just had two boys and Heidi and I. And they ring me up and she says, $80.23. I said, Did you say $8? Because that's super cheap. So I'm so thankful that's only $8. She goes, No, $80.23. I said, $80.23. I don't want the actor. I just want the food. $80.23. So I, I get the food. I go to Heidi. I'm like, Heidi, all of this was $80. She goes, Yeah, I told you the movies aren't cheap. I'm like, But $80. No wonder that guy get McDonald's, and that guy brought in his own Mochi Crunch. That's, that's not. Like, bring that and sell them to us. No, don't do that. That's illegal. Come on, you guys. They're in church. So I'm thinking $80. But Heidi says this. She goes, but isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth it that we're with our family, and we get to spend this time because we have not gone into the movies for years? I'm like, no, it's not worth it. It's not. <laughs> I can do the same thing at home so we changed up some things but when she said that i thought you know what at that moment my ki- my kids were so excited because they have not gone to the movies in such a long time and i remember that day i remember the moment because it was with our family and yes we did spend a lot of money yes we went into debt a little bit yes it took some time to pay off the moochie crunch the popcorn but the moment together was worth it The bigger picture that Heidi showed me was the time with the family. Now, wisdom had to kick in. We had to rethink through our finances and are we going to do this often? How are we going to do this? So we had to change up some things, but the bigger picture was being there together as family. That's what God wants us to see. He wants to see that in how we invest our life into him, sometimes we only see this part the difficulties and how much we have to go through rather than the bigger picture that God sees. So with wherever we are, we're at and however our life is right now, my prayer is that we would be able to see the bigger picture of what God is doing rather than what is happening in front of us. And one of the areas that we're going going to be looking at is the area of our finances, finances, now, this might be your first time to church, and you're like, man, see, that's why I didn't want to come to church today. I knew they were going to talk about that. But here's why we're talking about this. Because this is the one area every single person struggles with. If you don't have enough money, you wish you had more. When you have a lot of money, you have a lot of problems because you got to figure out, what I'm going to, how am I going to manage all of this? There's a lot more at stake. So we're, we're all together in this when it comes to finances. There's some people, and I know some people, they just they're like, ah, no, no, no worry. God going take care. Don't no worry. That electricity is off. We get candles around the house. God going to take care. And God does. He provides for us. But we want to open up the Bible, get into the Word of God to see how God sees the bigger picture in what we all go through. And so you can take out your notes with us, and or if you want to use the church app, that'll help you to follow along. When I think of what God wants to do, it really comes down to two things. His kingdom and our legacy. What we're going to leave behind for our children and grandchildren or for those who will come after us. Because I want to encourage you today. You might be in the place of you're going to recommit to the things of God. Or you're going to begin the things of God. Or you're just saying, you know, I, 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 have th- I thought about it, um, but I was a little apprehensive. But I, I want to. I'm more curious about the things of God today more than ever. And maybe today we're saying we want to be a part of his kingdom as God builds our legacy, wherever you may attend church or if this is your church, that God would build something great in our lives so that we could pass that on to to everyone else after us. In the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, Jesus was traveling around, and after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 who were the disciples were with him. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So here we have a recording of various kinds of people. Different, uh, they all have a different affluence with, with their Demographics, with their community, with their family, they all have a different way of living. Yet they all contributed and supported what Jesus was doing and the disciples in spreading the good news. In the book of Luke, chapter twelve, verses twenty-two through thirty-four, I'm going to read what Jesus was uh, what Jesus was reminding us of, because sometimes we think it's it's what we have. Uh, that is most important and, and the things that we need to get. But Jesus speaks something that helps us to understand that, it's, that life is more than what we see and the things that we can obtain. So in Luke chapter 12, verse 22, I'll read it. And it said, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, which is pretty amazing. I mean, he wrote this over 2,000 years ago, yet today, this morning, even right now, we're concerned about what we're going to eat. This morning, probably first thing, open up the refrigerator, scan it, no more nothing to eat. But there's a lot to eat. We just got to cook it, but I'm too lazy. I'm not going to cook. What is there cereal? Like, we think about eating, and then we think about what we're going to wear. I mean, if, if any of you were able to just pick out one outfit today and that was it, that would be a miracle. The first thing you pick out, you put it on, it's like, oh, perfect. That would be a miracle. Some, we put on something, ready to leave. It's like, ah, I don't like this pants. Go back in, change. Come back out. Ah, it doesn't match my shoes. Go back in, take the shoes. Okay, go back. Ah, scarf, not good. Go back in, keep changing. And that's just the husband's. Imagine the wives. So we're, we're all different. But Jesus said, you're going to worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. But, but you shouldn't worry about those things. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. Not the football team, just in case you got some Baltimore fans. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the wild flowers and how they grow. They do not labor or spend, yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. And Solomon was King David's son, and Solomon had a lot of wealth, but he also was a wise person. But even he did not have the splendor that God dresses the flowers with if that is how god clothes the grass of the field which is here today and gro- and and tomorrow is thrown into the fire how much more will he clothe you you of little faith and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink do not worry about it for the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them in other words the bible is saying God knows you need these things, so that's not something you really need to worry about because God knows we need these things. So God is gonna provide it because He provides for all the other animals. Not saying we're animals, sometimes we act like it, but that's not what God is saying. For the pagan world runs after such things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek His kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what Jesus does is he, he really balances out what our life is supposed to look like. He's saying you, 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 you're going to live in a world that you're going to Think about all the things you want to eat and the, the things you want to consume and what you want to buy and what you want to purchase, which today is easier than ever. My grandchildren come up to me, hand me my phone, Papa, buy me this. I'm like, where did you get that from? I was shopping. Shopping. I show you what shopping is. You go get a job, then you go shopping. You don't give me my phone and say, Papa, buy this, which I still buy, so I'm like hypocritical with them. But Papas can do that, right, Grandparents. Actually, it's still a struggle. They see things and they want things. But it's no different with us. We see things, we want things. And what Jesus is saying is, you, you, the principle is there, but it's just opposite. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Then these things will be added to you. Then, then these things will come into your life. But if it's the other way around and it's you're seeking other things first, the kingdom of God will be so far from you. That's why Jesus continuously said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it almost sounds super religious to think of the kingdom of God that it may seem far from us like, what does that mean, the kingdom of God? I mean, why do we talk about the kingdom of God? I don't see the kingdom of God. All I see is the world decaying and and dying and, and bad things happening. I don't see the kingdom of God. But that's where God comes in. That's why we need to see the bigger picture. Because all we see is the small world. We forget about our big God. That's why he continues in the book of Malachi to speak to us a way for us to be blessed, especially when it comes to prioritizing our finances, prioritizing our life, and how we go about living. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Here's what the Bible is telling us. This is how you're blessed. So much that you're not going to have enough room to handle the blessings of God. And it comes with probably one of the areas that we all struggle with the most, and it comes with giving to God. Now, here's my heart today. It's not to tell you to give to God. My heart is to say, This is what the Bible says in how we're a blessed people. And he says to test me on this. And I thought, isn't it interesting that the world will pinpoint the very area where God says, this is how you're going to be blessed. From the moment we're born, it's already ingrained in us that everything is about finances. Everything is about how much money you can make, I mean, I cannot, I, I watch uh, sports highlights on YouTube. There's always some dude, yeah, I'm here in uh, Puerto Rico. I'm at my uh, million-dollar mansion. Yeah, bought this all cash. If you want to know how, click here and uh, buy my book. All right, <laughs> click. Watch a couple of YouTube videos, highlights. All oh, LeBron James, Lakers doing good. All oh, Milwaukee Bucks are coming up, and they're doing good too. And then here comes another ad. Hi, I just wanted to talk to you about me, and we're here in this beautiful beach in the Bahamas, and me and my friends, were are just cruising. Yeah, made a million dollars last year. You can too. Click here. Like, it's ingrained in us to constantly make money. Now, nothing wrong with making money. Nothing wrong with that. The question is not if we're supposed to make money. The question is, what do we do? What do we do with the finances God blesses us with as a believer? So I'm speaking to us as believers. Because it's not about the wealth or the finances. Because Jesus said it well, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God was always looking at our heart. He's never looking at our pocketbook or how much money we have in our account. He's always looking at our heart. Where's your heart? Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As it is said often, if you really want to know where someone's heart is, check their credit card statement or their checking account. Where does all the finances go? Or where do all the finances go? Yeah, if I look at my statements, oh, coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> shoes, shoes. Or some department store. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Hawaiian brain freeze, Hawaiian brain freeze, Hawaiian brain freeze. It, it'll show up. It really shows us where we prioritize Our finances and that's a difficult area because we all deal with finances psalm chapter 90 verse 1 encourages us lord you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations in other words god is faithful god is so faithful through all generations he has always been our dwelling place. He's, he's our rock. He's our refuge. He's our strong tower. He's the one we can run to and cry out to at any given time. And he always accepts us. He never rejects us. He will always receive us. That's the bigger picture. If we, if we could narrow it down to what God desires the most, it comes down to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. This is God's one desire. It tells us the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's God's desire, that none shall perish. That's why he sent us Jesus Christ to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life. God doesn't want to spend eternity without us. That's the biggest picture. That's what God wants us to see. So everything we do must have eternity mixed in with it. Everything we do. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, Paul the apostle is teaching younger Timothy about godliness. And Paul himself said, I, I have, I've learned that I can have everything and I can have nothing, but I've learned to be content. So he passes this on to young Timothy. He says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. Notice he said godliness with contentment. It's not just contentment. It's not just I'm good with everything. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's Also with godliness, that we have God in the picture, that God is a part of our lives, that we're partnering with God. And godliness with contentment is great gain. Let's look at three things that will help us to see the bigger picture and will help us to get there. We're going to practice some things today. And although it may be challenging, I think it will be very encouraging uh, more than anything else. And here's the first thing that we can all learn together is to prioritize what's important to us financially and this is not just about oh how can i give to god this in general will help us with every part of life how we can prioritize what's important to us financially and what does that look like and how we how can we do better with our finances for heidi and i heidi is my wife and we had to figure that out early on in our relationship with God. When we first came to know the Lord, we had to say, what is most important to us when it comes to our finances? Because right now, our finances are going all over the place. And then we're, at the end of the month, we're thinking, where, like, where are our finances going? So we tallied up our receipts, we collected our receipts, and we found out that we're spending a lot of money on eating out. And then at the end of the month, we have nothing to show for it except gaining weight. That was about it. But there's, like, there's nothing that we could show for it. There's nothing that we could say, we're so proud of this. Look at what we were able to accomplish. We, 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 we added this onto our home or we were able to extend our children's room or, or whatever it is. There's nothing of that. But even in that, that became temporary. So we had to figure out, what is the bigger picture, Heidi? What, what, what does God want to do with our life? Like, what, he gave us life. So after all that he has done for us, we began asking the question, God, what can we do for you? Because we always ask you, God, can you do this for me? Can you do this? Can you, can you help me with my finances? We've got to pay the rent tomorrow, God. I need $1,700 tomorrow. So we need your help. you got to come through, God. You, you, your promise to me was always this. So we have to switch to seek first his kingdom. So God, what can we do for you? Then at that time, it was easier for us to understand, well, let's put him first. Let's put him first in everything, especially our finances. So that's when we, get, we began giving to God. We said, okay, God, we're going to put you first. You said to test you in on this, and we're going to test you. And God has always been faithful throughout all of our years. And many of you are agreeing because you know God is faithful. You have been giving to God, and he has been faithful through the most difficult times. God has been faithful he always met our needs because he's that, he's that faithful. But when you're in that place and you're in the predicament of, I, I, don't, I don't have, I don't know how, I don't know how God is going to do this. It's so difficult to see what many of us have already seen. And it is that God always comes through. He always comes through. As we sing that song, he's the way maker. He makes a way. God doesn't, he doesn't worry he, he knows what he's doing. But it's going to be on our part to prioritize what is, what is most important. So now it's an honor and a privilege to give to God. Because now we see even more the bigger picture. And that has to do with the lives of people. That when we give to God, God uses our finances and then touches hearts and lives. Our children, our grandchildren, that they learn about Jesus Christ and eternal life. And they come to know him as Lord and Savior. That, to me, is far more valuable than anything else. Because God died for people. And if people are that valuable to God, how much more should people be valuable to us as believers? Because that's, that's who God died for, people, you and I. And so we want to value people at the same time. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, Jesus is saying, at the end of it, where's the profit? I mean, if you, if you drain your soul because you've been chasing after all these things in life, and at the end of it, you have all of these great things, but your soul is empty, what, what great... What kind of life was that? But if at the end of it, you get into eternity, you go to heaven and you see all that God has done through your life and you see the results of lives that were changed and people coming up to you, men, women, and children and saying, thank you for giving because of you I'm here. You may not have met them here on this earth, but you will in heaven. That to me is, is a is a blessing and the bigger picture, something to look forward to. Seek for his kingdom. Now this is what it's, what's important to Heidi and I. You go to God and you ask God, how do I prioritize what's important financially? How do, how do we do that? Because God has purposes and, and we give, Heidi and I give, to the purposes of God because that's what's important to us. When Jesus said, and we read it earlier, when Jesus said to his disciples in Luke uh, 12, 22, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet God feeds them. And you are far more valuable uh, to him than any birds. And if God values people, how much more should we? That's why we have so many different ministries here at our church. Our children's ministry. We have small groups. We have a hula ministry. We started a brand new ministry called the Creatives. And that's going to be a, a great ministry to be a part of. If you love photography, graphic arts, design. Uh, if you love video editing or videography. And we, we're building that from the ground up. So if you want more information, you can get a hold of Travis. Travis Hasby. It's very easy. His email is Travis at newhopehilo.org. Very simple. Or if you know Travis, just let him know. I, I want to use my gifts for God in a creative way in the hopes that people, people find Christ. And we have these different ministries, even the well or our fellowship hall. We have these areas so that families can gather together in the hopes that people find Christ. That everything we do has that value to it. So prioritize what's important to you financially. The second thing is to pray and plan how you can be a part of the bigger picture. How you can be a part of God's big picture. The other week, and I I said this last week, but if you weren't here last week, uh, a a small tornado-ish wind came through the back of our baseball field, tore up the, the tent that was over the batting cage, and then it ripped through the... Garden area, whipped the trees around, and then it came to our courtyard, grabbed our courtyard tent, snapped all of the ropes, flipped our tent upside down, and ripped it. That's why we don't have our courtyard tent. So I get some texts like, hey, uh, this just happened. And the moment those things happen, I go into, uh, I, go into uh, I, I, I guess it's uh, prayer mode. And I always pray, God, what do you see? Help me to see what you're seeing And what are you doing? Because I want to do what you're doing. So I came up here. I stood out there in the courtyard, the courtyard slab. (laughs) And I I stood there and I said, okay, God, what what are you doing? What do you see? Because I want to see what you see and I want to do what you're doing. And he simply said, it's, it's, it's time to build. I said, okay, we can do this. So what we're planning is to put up a structure, a permanent one, and that's been the plan, but to put up a structure that will far outlast us, that will be used for the kingdom of God, his purposes for future generations, that ministries can take place because we have have graduation parties for our members here when they graduate. Uh, We also have different events that take place. We have ministry every Sunday that takes place out there. Sometimes we have our Aloha Marketplace and so different events that will come up, different Sundays that we'll have. Ministry is always taking place out there. Relationship, relationships are built. So even when it comes to our courtyard uh, area, we're, we're praying and we're planning. So I'm going to ask you to also do the same. Can you pray and plan how you can be a part of that? Someone did that for us. That's why we have this building. That's why we have this campus. There were those who came before us and they prayed and they gave and they planned how, to, how they could be a part of the bigger picture. And many people have, thousands, have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior because people gave. And I, and I think we can be a part of that legacy also, that we can do something great for the generations to come. And when I look at our, our church, our church is a place where lives are restored, marriages are mended, and families are gathered. You know when we have our, our Uh, tables and chairs in there by the way we added more in so that those who used to be in the courtyard can come in too and we're trying to add more seats and tables but the goal is not just to have a place to sit and eat the goal is to have relationships built especially among family I, i i can't tell you how many people have come up to me and say you know for our family the only time we sit down together for a meal is here in church That's the only time because we're so busy. Our work schedule, our children with school and and sports, and we don't have that together time. By the time we all come home, we have to eat something on the way home. So this is the only time we sit down together. And I thought, Lord, that's the bigger picture. It's that families can build relationship together. They they can talk with one another. And we're in an environment where we can pray with one another. I just prayed for someone this morning. uh, because they were going through some health things. Uh, someone else, a family member was going through something. I mean, this is, a, this is a place where the kingdom of God kind of things happen. And we get to be a part of that. I told our people in the well, our uh, volunteers, I said, when we make acai bowls, we're not just going to make the best acai bowl on this island. So that when people visit this island and they yelp, best acai bowl. That our name pops up and they come here. It's not just so that they can come here and grab a wonderful, unbelievable, best acai bowl. But the hope is that if they come here on a Sunday morning and they purchase an acai bowl, they start looking around and be like, so, how come, how come there's so many people over here? Oh, we, have, we also have church. Really? Yeah, we, we also have church. Oh, cool, you should stick around. Yeah, I'll kind of hang out. See, the goal is not the best acai bowl. The goal is to have the best acai bowl in the hopes that whoever wants the best acai bowl comes to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because they're looking for the best acai bowl on this island. So when we get to heaven, they'll be like, that was the best acai bowl, but heaven is even better. I never knew about Jesus Christ. That's the goal. That's the bigger picture. The bigger picture is not to have seats in an air-conditioned building. The, The goal is that we invite our family and friends so that when they sit in a comfortable environment, they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ, pierce their hearts, open up their hearts, and receive the God of the universe into their lives for all eternity. That's the bigger picture that God has. That's his goal. That's his one desire that none shall perish. It's not to tell people, you know, you're doing bad stuff. Hey, come with me to church. It's so that we can love people into the kingdom of God. And God has the bigger picture. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 tells us, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? So pray, plan, because we do have to count the cost. In everything that we do, we gotta count the cost. When we plan the courtyard, We've got to count the cost because together we're going to do this. And we're going to see what God does through that plan. Pray how you can be a part of God's big picture. And then the last thing, practice obedience. Obedience takes practice. It takes so much practice. It takes a lot of practice, especially when you learn something new. And if you're just growing in your relationship with God, you're getting to know him, you just received Christ, and maybe you're learning about the things of God or you're reading the Bible, it takes a lot of practice. I just was on the corner side. I spoke to a bunch of youth, uh, and they were asking questions about reading the Bible. Like, I read the Bible, but sometimes I don't get anything or it's confusing. I said, you just got to keep reading it. Keep practicing what you know of. Keep practicing what you're learning, even if something's small. Just practice. For some of you, and and Heidi and I did this in the beginning, when we started giving, we gave what we could. And then we focused on loving Christ. The more we fell in love with Jesus, the more we fell out of love with the world. The things that enticed us. Then we're like, we don't need these things. I'd rather give to God. That's more important. Let's do that. So just practice obedience. Just start small. For some of you, maybe God is going to speak to you and say, you you can start testing me in this area. And you might be thinking, yeah, but the offering bucket came by already. I missed it. Nope. We actually have in our fellowship hall, and even for you in the fellowship hall, there's a, a box on the wall that we have tithes and offerings. And the reason why we put that is for those who are in the fellowship hall, Or for those who have missed the offering when it comes by, because we don't want you to miss that opportunity of also giving to God. So we provided that. When you go through these glass doors, you're going to see on the wall, it just says tithes and offerings. For some of you, this is when you're going to practice. It's today. It's saying, okay, God, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. And for some of you who still write checks, you're going to practice and it's going to be difficult because you're thinking, man, I could buy something with this. And it's, it's, it takes time. But you got to practice it. We also have our, our church app that you can give uh, fi- um, uh, financially through electronically. You can give financially. It's through our church app. But it takes practice. And I remember in the beginning, it was, it was difficult when we didn't understand the bigger picture. But the more we practiced it, like till this day, there's no way we cannot give. It's just, it's embedded in us because of how important it is to give to the kingdom of God. And we see the results of it. We see what God does. And He always takes good care of us. We live in a world that sometimes we practice obedience in the things of the world and the things of God because we have so much. We're, we're consumers. And we forget that God's kingdom is all about giving. It's how can we give of our time, of our energy? How can we give love to people? How can we give encouragement to other people? We were at Costco yesterday, Heidi and I, and boy, when you go Costco, you ain't buying one thing. You're buying like half the store. So we're in there, and here comes this guy, and and he's just, just out of the blues. He says, look at all this food. Like we live in a land of abundance. Look at all this food. There are certain countries that they don't even have this many food, this much food, and look at all our wagons. We live in a land of abundance. And then he left. <laughs> I was like, is—he's like long gray hair with a beard. I'm like, Moses? Is, is that you? <laughs> so, and he just walked off. But then I started thinking, we do. We live. We can go to the store and buy food. Not every country can do this. We do. We live in a land of plenty. And and sometimes we forget that because we live in a a, a land of plenty, that we're immune to just getting things. So to do the opposite and now give to a God who we put our faith into, where we're not going to see a tangible food item or some product drop into our laps or at a checkout stand, beep, and we get something right away, that, that quick gratification, it's hard for us to obey him when it comes to giving because we don't see quickly with our eyes. But yet he says, trust me on this. Sometimes we think the sign of maturity is how long we serve Jesus or how long we've known the Lord, but that's not even a sign of maturity even with our age. I mean, the older we get doesn't mean we mature, right? Because we've said it before. It's like, man, you act act like a kid, like you're throwing a tantrum, and we're like 50. (laughs) But age doesn't mean maturity. It's longevity, but it's not maturity. And so it is in the kingdom of God. our, Our longevity with the Lord doesn't mean maturity, I've heard people even tell me, man, I don't get meat. I need meat. On Sunday mornings, I don't get meat. I said, what do you mean? We're in the word of God all the time. I know, I know, but I don't don't get fed. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting fed. I'm like, well, when do you eat? I said, what do you mean, when do I eat? I said, yeah, when do you eat? Like normal food? Yeah, when do you eat? I eat every day. How many times do you eat? I don't know, three, four times a day. You eat three, four times a day. Okay, seven. Okay, so you eat seven times a day, snacking in between. I get it. So why don't you do the same thing spiritually? Why don't, why do you wait for Sunday? Of course, if you wait for Sunday, you're going to be starving spiritually. Just like if you wait for Sunday to eat a meal, you eat the whole box of cereal. You, you need nutrients physically, and you also need nutrients spiritually. That's why the book of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 says, but solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. It's because of practice. That's a sign of maturity. It's we keep practicing. Christian Ronaldo, famous soccer player. He said this, I still learn. I still learn. Are we at a place where we can say, I still learn? Because obedience takes a lot of practice. We're going to fail from time to time, but we got to practice it. It was in the book of Samuel. Saul, who was the first king of Israel, is give, given some responsibility, some instructions. And God says, Saul, you are to destroy the Amalekites. They were a, a, a neighboring nation. And they were not doing good things. So God says, wipe them out from the king all the way down and their animals too. Wipe everybody out. So Samuel, who is the prophet, Saul, who is the king, are kind of in partnership together. And Samuel is trying to help Saul obey God. Well, Samuel visits Saul after Saul was supposed to have defeated the Amalekites and the king, King Agag, and all the animals. So Samuel visits Saul and says, hey, Saul, how are things? And Saul's like, oh, Samuel, <laughs> things are good. Things are good. Hey, so did you, did you do what God asked? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did everything God asked. We obeyed the voice of the Lord. And Samuel says, then what is the bleeding of sheep that I hear? You know, the meh, meh. What is that that I hear? What, the, oh, oh, the sheep. Oh, yeah, we kept some of the sheep. We kept some of the sheep. The best of the sheep, though. And we also spared the king, King Agag. You, you spared the king? Yeah, he's a good guy. No, he's not a good guy. We're supposed to wipe him out. And and then you're you're keeping the sheep too? No, but we kept the best sheep. No, but God said destroy them all. There's a reason for it. There's a purpose. God has a bigger picture. And if you read the story, you continue later on, they go to war again and the Israelites are defeated. So now Samuel is telling Saul, you you, you disobeyed the the Lord. And, And then Saul starts to justify. It's in our nature to justify. We justify obeying God. Saul says, well, yeah, but it wasn't me. I mean, (laughs) these these soldiers of mine, they just kind of do their own thing. So the soldiers, so what happened? Okay, what happened? Okay, so Samuel, this is what happened. The soldiers kept the best sheep, the best rams. But this is why. Because we're going to sacrifice the best sheep to the Lord our God. So that should count for something, right? Samuel, Samuel says, oh, Saul, you missed it. He missed it. And he says this. Samuel replies, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. He says obedience is what God looks for. It takes practice because many of us are like Saul. We do all the sacrifices, but we never obey God, and that's the difficult part. I, I liken it to let's just say, let's just say, mom gives us a to do list, gives it to me as dad, as husband, or if your spouse gives that to you or someone in the family, gives you the to do list. I grab all of our children, and I say, okay, guys, this is the to do list. Mom gave this to us. Mom has to go shopping. She's going to be gone for like four hours. And then when she comes home, we should finish all of this. This should all be done. Okay, okay, Dad, so what are we going to do? Guys, we're going to take this list. We're going to make nice graphics with it. We're going to make the graphics really nice. We're going to put it in a frame. We're going to frame it up so we can see it. That way, every time we pass it, we can say, This is the to do list. We can always refer back to it. Let's put it in a frame. Okay, let's do that, Dad. Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's go into Illustrator. Let's make some graphics. Let's do some Photoshop. You got your skills. Yeah, let's do that. Take some pictures. Go outside, take pictures. Click, 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 click. Okay, we got pictures. Okay, let's put it up. Okay, print it out. Look at that. Look at how beautiful it is. That's a to do list. Okay, guys? And now this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the to do list. See that first one? Sweep the floor. We're going to make a song. Sweep the floor. Sweep the floor. Can you do that, guys? Sing it with me. Harmonize. Sweep the floor. Good. Good job. Good job. Now let's sing it together. Sweep the floor. Okay, now we're going to do this. we got to clean the whole garage. That's the, we got to clean the whole garage. Clean the whole garage. Got it. Good song. Now let's choreograph. Let's dance to this thing. Clean the garage. Sweep the floor. Let's do all of that. Let's do all the dances the kids do. Let's do it. So we put all of that together. We got a whole song together. Everybody's like, yeah, this is a song. This is a jam. Oh, mom's, mom's. We're going to call this mom's to-do list song. I know it's cheesy, but it's the best title. So when mom comes home, we can, we can, we can perform for her. So mom comes back home and says, hey, how did you guys do? <laughs> how, how did we do? Look at the list. Oh, that's so nice. Did you guys did that? Yeah, Photoshop and all. Did all of this? What about mowing the lawn? Oh no, I made a song. Mow the lawn. Mowing the lawn. Watch this. Mow the lawn. I never knew I could go that high. We did everything. We oh it's so good. We love the song. We the kids choreographed and it's so good. How do you like it, mom? You like that? If you were the mom, what would you do? (laughs) Everybody is dead. It doesn't matter how great the list looks, how wonderful the song is, the best title, best graphics. It doesn't matter. Why? Because we did not do the job. We didn't do what mom asked. And I'm wondering if we do so many great things for God. We sing the best songs to him. We do the best graphics for him. Provide a great environment for him but we have yet to obey the Lord. It's not about condemnation because the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I believe this is an awakening for every single one of us that God wants to bless us beyond what we could ever imagine because he sees the bigger picture. God, what do you see? And what are you doing? Help us to see what you see and help us to do what you're doing. Let's pray that today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord God, we're so grateful that we have a God like you. That we're able to, we can hear from you and and, and get into your word and learn from you. That we can prioritize what's important to us, even financially, even, even though we may not Be at that place right now of giving to you. Boy, what a principle that you give to us. That if we seek your kingdom first, then everything else will be added. So even if we don't even give to you yet, but we're learning to, and we're going to reprioritize, Lord, let us start there because you're going to bless us. For some of us, we may start at 1%. We're not there yet at 10. But Lord, even the little we give to you can be used for much. Help us to see the bigger picture. Help us to pray and plan how we can be a part of the bigger picture. Your purposes are greater than ours. So help us to see that, Lord, we're going to practice obedience. It takes practice because there are going to be times where we're going to fall short. But we get back up and we practice again and again and again. Until we have not muscle memory, but heart memory. Because that's what you're after. So expand our capacity when it comes to seeing the bigger picture. Help us to see you. Because you are the bigger picture. We thank you. We pray your blessing over all these things. And I pray your blessing over your people. And even those who have been giving and those who are learning about giving. That you would give us the bigger picture. Thank you for your love and your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Thank you for going through that today. Even though a difficult one, I think it will be a blessed one because of who God is. It's his promises, amen.